Absurdist Astrology on Open Lines Radio is brought to you by Synergy Creative Systems. Synergy Creative Systems uses multiple social media and online platforms that operate independently as freestanding entities to post killer content that discreetly work in conjunction with each other to build robust and enduring images and brands through promotion by proxy. Welcome back to Absurdist Astrology, a podcast on Open Lines Radio where we give meaning to the meaningless through interpreting the mundane astrology of the moment. If you're new here, hi, I'm Tessa. Today I'll be discussing the astrology of the first two weeks of May 2022. So the day I am recording this, it is Friday, May 6th. And currently it's six in the morning. I'm recording this before I work. So good morning or whatever time you're hearing this, even if you're hearing this far into the future, I hope it can somehow help you to look back into the first two weeks of May 2022. So we began this month with Venus entering Aries, leaving her partner of Mars behind in the dust. Well, not so much the dust as the murky waters that exist within Pisces energy, um, murky in the sense of holding beneath the surface such incredible depths. Um, last week, I believe I had mentioned the energy of Ten of Cups. So it's this energy of completion, emotional achievement, yet uh, moving on to the next Venus entering Aries. It's this fiery, exciting new, uh, a new cycle for Venus as Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. So when Venus is leaving Pisces into Aries, it's beginning a new sign, um, a new cycle of the zodiac, I should say, through the 12 signs. So... I just have to mention, unfortunately, um, when Venus went into Aries right away, one day into the transit, information regarding the potential reversal of Roe versus Wade was leaked and confirmed that women's rights to reproduction um, safety are being compromised, that is not anything to laugh at. Um, what I'm trying to convey here with that Venus and Aries energy, uh, Aries is um, Yang energy, male, if you will, for you know, a lack of a better term, as far as like the polarity between that yin and yang energy. So again, it's more of, of male energy, a Yang energy, fire, cardinal about action and attacking and warfare against women's bodies, um, isn't that just so unfortunate, unfortunately, <laughs> um, because Venus and Aries energy can also be very positive, of course, um, the tarot card associated with that 
is four of wands. So think of like a celebration. I think of very strong maternal figures, um, women who are very assured of themselves, women who are confident and strong and intimidating. Um, so I really feel like that Aries Pisces energy we're dealing with right now, um, that aspect is called a semi-sextile in astrology. So basically that means one sign apart. So when we talk aspects in astrology, we're talking about how the planets are able to view each other. And we like to look at exact degree points because when you look at a chart, you can literally see the geometry of when certain aspects, like a trine, like a, a grand trine, especially when there's three um, you know, planets within the aspect anyhow we're looking at how the planets are viewing each other. So when Aries and Pisces are right next to each other, constellation-wise in the sky, right? So when we have Venus and Aries and Mars and Pisces, it's almost like they're kind of like peering out of the corner of their eye. They can kind of see each other. Um, it's kind of comparable to like next door neighbors um, where they get each other. There's this really clear lesson that kind of exists within the two because it's like this clear succession from one to the next. But it's like this energy of pushing and pulling and take and give where Venus and Mars, we had that kind of nice energy for a bit um, of the two romantic partners of the Zodiac kind of floating along together. And now we have Mars dragging along um, because Mars takes longer to go through the sign since it's further away from the sun. So Venus is pretty quick. She's already pretty well into Taurus um, at the time of this recording. You know, I'm recording it on the 6th. I'm talking about what May started as, again, the odds of Roe versus Wade 50 years. I mean, my goodness, uh, you know, it's it's so frustrating, honestly. Um, you know, I, I think last week too, I discussed kind of that idea of just being so careful with the rhetoric that we're putting out there as far as what these transits mean and um, trying to separate the spiritual transference of what we feel the meaning is. And, you know, again, that's why I like calling myself uh, giving meaning to the meaningless as like a motto um, to my mindset of how I approach astrology. Um, because, you know, Pisces is all about the ethereal and the sacrifice, um, but Aries is very self, very in the moment, um, and we really want to try and, and balance that. Um, so during that time uh, when the leaks had come out about Roe versus Wade, the moon was in Gemini, um, so that really just amped up any of that energy of conversation surrounding that. Uh, if you're listening, I mean, I'm sure you have opinions regarding it and it really gets you fired up. And that Gemini moon energy at the time just kind of like blows wind onto the fire, if that makes sense. But right now, um, and midweek, we did have a nice Cancer moon um, complementing the current sun in Taurus transit much nicer than that Gemini energy um, with the Taurus sun that is. It uh, can make it feel just like a real disconnect between um, the purpose. Like I was just saying, that is also a semi-sextile, for example. So Taurus, Gemini, but just like the other way around going forward in the Zodiac um, 
they kind of like peer at each other. I think, you know, again, I like that um, idea of when two zodiac signs are right next to each other. It's kind of like they see each other out of the corner of their eye, but they don't see each other quite as clearly like as a trine where um, you look at, again, the geometry of it and, and there's literally like a, a formation happening within the sky of, um, you know, visibility. They can literally, you know, view each other. Um, well, not literally, which I think you understand what I'm saying, I hope. So speaking of this push and pull between uh, Pisces and Aries energy, um, this week is some of the last of Jupiter and Pisces for a good little while. Um, that is until Jupiter retrogrades fully back into Pisces in October. Jupiter is currently in its shadow retrograde period, um, and we'll start really feeling that sometime in July. Uh, but for now, we have a couple more days of Jupiter forming a sextile to the Pluto retrograde, um, which is in Capricorn. Um, so that does open up some nice opportunities as far as wishes for business endeavors are concerned, our unconscious desires as far as what we truly want for ourselves. Um, Jupiter and Pisces, uh, some astronomers have been saying that, you know, it's one of the most fortunate aspects we've had in a very long time because Neptune is also in Pisces and that, um, it's really the first time these two planets have met since Neptune was discovered very, very long after um, Jupiter ever was. And um, it's been a very dreamy, ethereal time, and yet not a lot of manifestation, not really a lot of like seeing that come physically into existence, like birthed. It's been a lot more like death. I feel like collectively we've kind of had that feeling of um, needing to sacrifice rather than really do what we want to do, um, going about life in a way that is very sacrificial, like feeling like you're not doing it for yourself, but rather others or for the greater good. Um, so again, with these Pisces themes, we still have Mars in Pisces. That's a more personal planet, um, forming a sextile to Uranus in Taurus, um, so neither Mars or Uranus is really satisfied with being in those signs. Mars, normally ruled by the Aries-Scorpio-Quincux axis, and Uranus was only discovered in recent times and is traditionally associated with Aquarius, also a fixed sign like Taurus, the sign that it's currently in. So again, neither of these planets, Mars nor Uranus, are really satisfied with being in the sign. And yet when they form a sextile, that is Mars and Pisces, um, currently within mutable water energy, is forming a sextile to Uranus and Taurus, fixed Earth energy, um, there is an agreeability, though, because water and earth complement each other. I kind of liken it to a well or like a, a earth on, like a puddle forming on earth. It just happens because it's, it's natural. It's a symbiotic relationship, I guess. Um, so 
with these quadruplicities I'm talking about, um, again, Uranus and Taurus is fixed, Mars and Pisces is mutable, but the elements complement each other. So with Mars and Pisces, um, I feel like there is this destruction, and that's what mutable energy really represents, the three basic qualities in life when we're talking the quadruplicities again. Uh, creation is cardinal, preservation is fixed, and destruction is mutable. So again, there's three basic qualities of life, creation, preservation, and destruction, and you times that by the four elements, and you get 12. See, three times four is 12, okay? Um, so going back, um, Mars in Pisces is about that destruction. Like I was saying, mutable is destruction, the last of the three quadruplicities. Um, but this destruction is more in an esoteric sense. When you take Mars into its rulership right next to it um, in Aries, which we'll see in a couple weeks, um, will feel a more drive to actually do rather than kind of absorb the lessons of what are. And that again, that Pisces energy, that mutable water energy we've been dealing with so deeply for so long, I feel like we're all just exhausted. Like all this dreaminess, all this etherealness, it, it gets exhausting to a certain extent, especially if you don't have a lot of personal um planets within water signs. I cannot even imagine how these people are feeling right now. On a personal note, I have a lot of Scorpio energy, so I feel like I've kind of benefited from this. And of course, I decided to start my podcast during this time, right? I feel like that was a very intentional thing with the um, Jupiter and Pisces transit in particular. I will be honest and say I think a lot of my choice to commit to my spirituality more so was based in the Neptune and Jupiter conjunction that happened a couple months ago now, somehow already, or weeks, you know, again, I feel like this Pisces energy has really dragged out these past couple months. I feel like they felt a lot longer than time has, and you know, of course, time is just a construct, but personally, I just feel like something about these past couple months in particular, like time has felt like it slowed down and I blame the Pisces and Uranus and Taurus energy because Uranus and Taurus really like slowing down too and Uranus is all about unpredictability all about um, change and when it's in Taurus like I was saying neither of these planets are like super happy being there and yet there's like this agreeability where we're just kind of going with the flow um you know, like last week too, I, I kind of imagined the imagery, the song Champagne Supernova brings up again because of um, just that, like, being simply present and kind of allowing um, unpredictability, like what if we could just allow the material goods that we want to come through intention and... Um, that's not always possible, of course. So when we've been daydreaming about making that into reality, we uh, want to expect the unexpected with um, any Uranus discussion. You know, that's just Uranus in general. So when we're bringing that unexpectedness to Taurus energy, where Taurus, again, loves stability and being grounded, um, we 
are very complemented by that Mars and Pisces where it's just, oh, I wish things could happen rather than we'll see in a couple weeks again. When Mars does go into Aries, it's sign of natural rulership. Um, that's a lot more ambition and actual drive to do and not so much based in the spirituality. And I feel like that's a whole discussion in of itself, how astrology and spirituality have become so intertwined um, in conversation. And I feel like uh, Mark and I's friendship through the years, um, Holly as well, of course, you know, it's been very grounded in spirituality. However, astrology practice isn't necessarily um, an inherently spiritual thing. And I feel like the movement from Pisces to Aries will kind of bring that out, um, not in a negative sense necessarily. I just feel like that is kind of a conversation I feel is important to have. I just had that conversation with someone recently um, about, you know, um, what does it mean to be spiritually aligned um, and being aware of the astrological transits does not equate with being spiritually aligned. Energy of Pisces is certainly spiritually involved um, and, and very, very uh, likely to be aligned with more esoteric, mystical beliefs. Um, but again, those who are spiritual don't necessarily have to be completely aware of the astrological transits and their meanings to be considered a good spiritual practitioner. Um, so I suppose what I'm trying to say is that the language and the study of astrology was essentially synonymous with astronomy for many centuries, I mean, I'm not even, like, I'm, I'm talking thousands of years, really, um, and, and, you know, of course, this is ancient times, but somewhere along the line, we kind of began to equate spirituality and astrology, um, taking it away from the actual science of, again, when I'm talking about these aspects, I mean, the, these are, um, irrefutable in, in the regard that when we're looking at um, their relationship to the constellations, I mean, this is like a an astronomer, someone looking through their telescope at night will be looking to these constellations to see where these planets are in the sky, right? So it's not necessarily like a refutable thing. The refutable part, of course, is giving the meaning to the meaningless um, through what's actually going on. But again, the reason I'm talking about this in such detail is I feel like that's kind of that like shift from Pisces to Aries where we're beginning the Zodiac all over again. We've been through the entire 12 signs of the Zodiac and here we are at the start again. It's all new. And I feel like that's kind of the thing about astrology. Um, this is not new. This is what people turned to um, their medical practitioners, how the, the caduceus and eclipses and how that all got intertwined over the years. I mean, that, again, that's a whole discussion in of itself. 
um, you know, Aries is Quincox Virgo energy, you know, I, I could really get into that, but I suppose I'll try to focus and get back more to the present moment. And again, that's really tough when we're dealing with all this Pisces energy right now. Like it's almost like a, a nuisance <laughs> personally. I mean, not really. I, I love, I love Pisces energy very much. People who are Pisces tend to be very sweet and soft-spoken, kind, um, and, and I feel like there's so much to benefit from that dreaminess. I just feel like once we do have more of this Aries energy finally coming into play, um, it will be a little more exciting, if you will. I feel like right now we're kind of just dragging our feet along, like I was saying in, you know, the murky waters of the Ten of Cups. You know, the Ten of Cups is a beautiful card, too, though. Just kind of think of it that way, where it's like this completion, though, um, an end and, and that can be really melancholy too though when when we're transitioning um from ends to beginnings so again going back to the present moment uh we've had the sun forming a sextile to the transiting moon in cancer um i mean that's only a couple days so again i'm recording this on may 6 2022 um so that's the best transit of the week as far as my personal opinion and just the present moment as in the recording of this podcast um, when we have the sun in Taurus forming a nice relationship with the other luminary the moon in Cancer it's just very complimentary um, so I'm hoping we're going into this weekend with a kind of a, a nicer feel, um, enjoying that other Pisces energy we have lingering around. Again, with Neptune and Pisces, Mars and Pisces, it can kind of just be a little more um, agreeable, nicer, um, especially with Venus being in Aries now and we don't feel so agreeable anymore, do we? Um, with the whole robots Wade thing, I, and just that blows my mind. I'm, I'm just so upset about that personally not to make this political but I mean really it's just absurd at this point and I feel like that kind of is again that that beginning oh you're acting brand new now aren't you like that's kind of the expression that's 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 Venus and Aries energy like that woman that's going to come up to you and be like so what did you say like she is the woman that's not you're I'm gonna say this to your face right now and you're not gonna turn away from me we're gonna deal with this right now like grown women like that's the energy of like that's Venus and Aries like taking over me right now. <laughs> like that really though that is the energy of venus and aries okay so we've also had mercury in gemini forming a sextile to venus and aries so this is a nice introduction to the upcoming mercury retrograde ah mercury retrograde oh my god watch out save all your data save <laughs> now i personally really revel in mercury retrogrades um that was actually i think one of the first podcasts Mark and I ever did way back. Oh my gosh, I can't believe 2016 was so long ago now. It's 2022. Oh my gosh, where are the years going? But anyhow, um, Mercury in Gemini um, is better as far as it being its natural placement. Um, this is about being more logical, allowing our intellect to come first when we have, again, that Venus and Aries energy I was just talking about where that woman's all of a sudden you're, you're in a corner and she's telling you, mm -mm -mm, we, we're going to go through this right now and right here and you ain't getting out of this. Um, with Mercury and Gemini, I feel like it does kind of 
complement it a little bit better and allow a little bit more intellect to be involved in the moment where you could kind of come up with a quick-witted response that throws her off guard and all of a sudden you two are saying sorry and like acting like it never happened um because again venus is considered in its detriment in aries and what detriment means is that it's opposite venus and libra its natural sign of rulership so again uh with mercury being in gemini and its shadow period now um you you do have a chance of feeling you know like you're not um fully awake <laughs> in in the sense of like uh being aware like you might just kind of have these moments of like what was i thinking oh my gosh uh retrogrades are all like the the re's of life like reset redo revisit revamp rework recycle <laughs> really though um <laughs> i i feel um i wonder I, I don't know if mark has that back um if, if in the archive somewhere um where we discussed in detail back then the um, purposes of a Mercury retrograde. Anyhow, um, so we also have the Sun in Taurus complementing Mars and Venus. So I really haven't mentioned that, you know, that Mars, I mean, Mars and Venus, Mars in Pisces. Um, Mars in Pisces has been, you know, dragging us along. I keep, I keep, getting that and I'm sorry to those that have that placement natally I don't mean to say like your um slower pace but I, I think anyone could acknowledge at least that it's not um inherently negative it's just more like a, a presence like and, and there's beauty in being present and being um sitting in the moment here and now um with that spiritual sense so when we have the sun in Taurus that is very invested more in the actual present moment as far as like the material plane, um, and we take that Mars and Pisces energy where it's not so much the material plane, rather the spiritual, ethereal, next life, um, death, uh, as far as like the spiritual incarnate kind of death and where we go in the afterlife um, with sun in Taurus. And Mars and Pisces again, it's like the ego, the sun forming this uh, relationship, a nice aspect with the planet of action and ambition. But again, Mars in Pisces isn't necessarily the most ambitious and action based, but I think it gives us a little opportunity to kind of just enjoy this present moment um, in the sense of just being grounded and spiritually aware because that will change pretty soon when we have the sun in Gemini and Mars in Aries. Heads up, that's going to feel really different from right now. <laughs> we'll get there, that's next month um, or later this month because again, time is just a construct and I like to put it in terms of astrology because it helps me feel a little bit more sane personally. However, you might be hearing this and sounding like I'm out of my mind, but I'm sure if you've made it this far into the podcast, you don't really think that. So thank you for sticking out with me. I appreciate it. Anyway, um, so on May 10th, we're going to have two pretty significant things happening. We're going to have the Mercury retrograde officially happening in Gemini, its home sign. So again, I do feel like this is a little more of a fortunate aspect as far as us being able to logically, um, and with wit even, and style even, <laughs> with 
a Mercury and Gemini transit, it's like all the revisiting, revamping of what we want in life. On that same day, May 10th, we're also going to have Jupiter entering Aries. Um, I've gotten this symbolism recently of the concept of inertia in motion. Um, quite frankly, I am not well educated in the law of physics. Math was never my strong suit even remotely. But that idea of um, inertia and object being, you know, resistant to change, we've been feeling that with the Pisces energy, right? Um, it's this gravitational attraction of the sun that keeps the planets of the solar system moving. Mass in motion, that's momentum, right? So we're feeling that and it's like this inertia, like I, I, I swear, some moments I, I physically feel it, like I, I just like take a moment to really ground down and find that I am a part of this dance, this cosmic dance occurring around the sun, right? And that involves inertia when we're talking retrogrades. It's like not literally the planets moving backwards, it's more like an optical illusion, but still it's, it's an insane to think of the mass that these bodies have they are bodies cosmic bodies and again that concept of inertia how it literally just kind of stops for a moment in time and moves forward because of the momentum I really think that's that's not even symbolism I mean that's the the literal occurrence of what actually happens during astrological transit see um, and I feel like some people don't really consider that, how literal it can be um, with that. Um, so when Jupiter will enter Aries on Mar uh, May 10th, um, again, I was talking before about how that's the 12 signs. We're going from Pisces back to the beginning. So Jupiter, um, being the largest planet in our solar system, moves relatively quickly in 12-year cycles. Um, so I wanted to look back 12 years ago and see what was going on when Jupiter last entered Aries. And I kind of found a few funny things, to be honest. Um, just to lighten up the mood, I feel like it can be really dark recently. So 12 years ago, uh, June 2010, um, that's when Despicable Me came out. <laughs> With the minions and the Gru, uh, Steve Carell, right? <laughs> Why am I bringing this up? Again, it was because that's when Jupiter last entered Aries. That was 12 years ago, June 2010. I really can't believe that movie's 12 years old. I feel like it's been just so shoved out our throats. <laughs> the minions, um, the, you know, just, it, it's completely infiltrated. <laughs> our social um spheres and not necessarily I'm laughing so much because I just feel like it is kind of like cringy um but Despicable Me what is that movie about right like what is the plot of Despicable Me matter to what I'm talking about <laughs> well you know Steve Carell's character the supervillain grew um he's a wicked evil man and he hatches this plan to steal the moon right i just have to mention that cuz you know oh, i would want the moon too <laughs> anyway so he has his little yellow minions you know Beedle, Beedle. and 
he has all these weapons and war machines. That's Ares, right? I'm I'm being serious now. <laughs> no, but really, like the the idea that he's like this henchman, but it's because he has all these war machines and I'm going to get the moon. Like I feel like that is very much Jupiter in Aries transits. Um as far as like that act to to drive that inertia I was just describing. Um Sorry, I don't know if you can hear that. Someone's car alarm's going off. Uh, see, it's a bow. We're all the beat out, beat out, beat out. That's kind of the energy we're going through right now. Like, just feeling like minions, like, running around. Like, we're just, like, uh, I, I don't know. That's kind of the symbolism I'm, I'm getting right now. But, you know, um, just jokes aside, um, Jupiter in Aries is what I'm trying to say uh, that... <laughs> It's just very action-based, and um, I feel uh, another thing worth mentioning, um, Eminem's recovery album came out uh, that same month, so, you know, I guess kind of more on a serious note, I, that was kind of a big deal for him, uh, it was called recovery, of course, you know, being open and blatant about your sobriety, kind of being born again, um, you know, not afraid to take a stand, uh, going through things together, um, you know, where Pisces energy might kind of feel like kind of given up more. And then we kind of take it back to Aries. Jupiter and Aries again last happened in 2010. So I feel like that was probably a, a really big deal for him personally to have that come out during that time, um, to be a lot more blatant about his sobriety, um, I feel like that is on a more serious note talking about Jupiter and Aries when, you know, I was just comparing it to minions running around like, ah, it's cause it's like, it's like that newness. Like they're like newborns. Like, uh, you know, I hope that makes sense why I would bring that up. I just have to bring silliness into it again, giving meaning to the meaningless through just acknowledging kind of that silliness. Um, so all of this uh, May 10th energy is going to be leading up to the full moon in Scorpio, but I'm going to save that for a whole separate podcast at this point. I feel like it is important to kind of condense that down into itself. So let me see. I think I went up to about like the 10th, say. Um, I'm just looking at a calendar here. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to leave it up to the, the 10th, and, uh, and I'll discuss the rest of that um, going on when the Scorpio full moon is happening. I didn't even mention that at all. I mean, that's that's going to be exciting in of itself, um, so stay tuned for that. Um, so thank you so much for sticking out with me. Again, you can find me at absurdist underscore astrology on Instagram. Just as a side note too, I am toying around with a couple different side podcasts I like to do. I had a conversation with someone recently, uh, a very good tarot reader, um, He's at Michael William Tarot on Instagram if you're interested. I don't mind name dropping him. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Anyhow, we had a, a really good reading recently um, where he was telling me that it is important for me to do some little side episodes, a little bit more about myself, my spiritual journey, because again, um, astrology and spirituality aren't necessarily 
um, synonymous by any means. Um, but my journey personally has definitely been intertwining those two. And I just do want to, um, perhaps do a little side episode where I go more into my personal story. Um, and I'm sure you've heard me mention Freddie Mercury a couple times here. Um, but my deep nose dive into astrology really began with Freddie and the um, potential differences between side real and tropical. Of course, this podcast um, is tropical. Um, but anyhow, if you would be interested in learning more, you can message me. Um, I thank you so much for sticking through. I'd love feedback. Again, if you have any questions, you can always reach out. I'm so grateful for Mark for hosting this on Open Lines Radio, and you can always reach out to him too. I believe he's looking for other people who have a voice and something to say, and if you want it out there, Mark will help you. So again, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and I'll catch you next time where we'll be discussing the Scorpio full moon. (laughs) Thank you. Bye now.